Please stand as we read a few verses out of the Bible this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you'll turn there. We looked at the resurrection last Sunday on Easter Sunday. That was the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the first resurrection. And now today we're going to look at the next resurrection. The next resurrection. Notice, if you would please, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Man came death, that's of course talking about Adam. And now this new uh, resurrection is talking about, uh, again, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Verse number 22, the Bible says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Then take your Bibles and turn to verse 52. 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. I like that, changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Take your Bibles and turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 and verse number 13. Titus 2, 13. The Bible says, looking for that blessed hope, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now take your Bibles and turn back to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Some of you are ready for this many times we turn in the Bible for Bible drills, right? Bible drills. Remember those good Bible drills where you had to put your Bible down and then they would give you a verse and the first one that would jump up to their feet uh, could start reading that verse and get points for either the boys team or the girls team. Those were great, a lot of great fun. Notice 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible says, and to esteem them, or excuse me, verse 14, uh, 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now look at that word hope there, because we're going to end this chapter uh, recognizing that we can comfort one another with that hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Very important verse. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. 
Our Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace today thanking you for these words. Father, we thank you for your word. Now, I pray you'd use your word to comfort our hearts, to encourage us. Father, to encourage us to live like you want us to live, to encourage us to look forward to the coming again of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As I said last week, we looked at the glorious resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ Easter Sunday. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And that was the first resurrection. When is the next resurrection? Jesus is called the first fruits of the resurrection. In other words, he's the first to conquer death and to be bodily resurrection, resurrected. See, in Adam, because of Adam's sin, all men became mortal and all men were under now the curse of sin. And sin brings forth death. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12, For as by one man sinned into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, because all have sinned. We've all sinned. That's the basic for our needing salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. In ourselves, we cannot save ourselves. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in Christ we have hope because he is the first fruits of life, life everlasting. Through his blood, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, he died and rose again to give us the victory over death, to give us hope of the resurrection, the next resurrection. Death may siege a Christian, but it cannot hold that Christian because now in Christ we have victory over death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Take your Bibles and turn back there again. 1 Corinthians 15, a great verse. Verse 45, underline it. And so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. A quickening spirit, a spirit that can make you live, a spirit that can give you life, a quickening spirit. Verse 46, howbeit that uh, was made, uh, howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy, the second man is the Lord from heaven. As it is written, or as, as is the earthly, such are they also that are earthy. And as it is heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. As we were like Adam when we received Christ, now we're like Christ. And he was the first fruits of the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 states, And so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam, Jesus, was made a quickening soul. So we know that when we physically die, that our bodies are put in the grave. Uh, we have a hope of the next resurrection, even when we die 
and, is, and our bodies are put in the grave because of what Jesus did for us, we have the hope of life. While our bodies are buried, our souls are with the Redeemer. The Bible tells us in John 14, again, I love that portion of Scripture, as many of you know. Let not your heart be troubled, he tells the disciples. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and were not so I would have told you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And all God's people said, By Because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Lord. Amen and amen. Keep that truth in your mind. That keeps you uh, in comfort, realizing that the worst thing could happen to you is that you die, but that'd be the best thing could happen to you because you'd be in heaven with the Savior at death. That's why the Apostle Paul told the church of Philippi, listen, it, it's for you, it's for your good, it's good news for you that I'm still alive as he was in Nero's prison because uh, I could be with Jesus and, and I'm here to encourage you and to help energize you in the work that God has given us. So uh, sin gives death the sting. And so the sting of death is sin, but Christ by dying and being resurrected took the sting of death out. And that is so wonderful. Jesus made atonement for our sin. The Bible says the strength of sin is the law. Of course, they were operating with the law and from the law before Jesus went to the cross and gave us grace. Amen. Gave us the hope of eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have the gospel. No one can answer the demands of the law. Actually, not even in this time of grace can we answer uh, the uh, demands of the law. Bob Krupnik, a good guy, one of our deacons. Stand up, Bob. Go ahead, stand up. Uh, Bob, tell me the truth now. Raise your right hand. Tell me the truth. Did you keep the law last week? You need to have a meeting right now. Hey, Jeremy, please stand up. Jeremy, did you keep the law last week? What? You're going to say that in front of Linnell's mother? As far as you could tell, did he keep the law last week? When you were there. When you were there. That's good. <laughs> That's very good. Okay. You may be seated. Thank you. Ken Clark. Please stand. Raise your right hand. Did you keep the law last week? Don Bennett. Please stand. Raise your right hand. Did you keep the law last week? <laughs> Sounds like the Garden of Eden. It sounds like the Garden of Eden, doesn't it? Yeah. And we could go around every deacon and then all the staff members, and then we could go to my wife, Clint. Stand up. I don't know what he's going to say. 
Raise your right hand. Did you keep the law last week? Oh, bless your heart. You may be seated. Were you a good boy? Stand back up. One, two. All right, you may be seated. We, have, we demanded immediate res, uh, obedience from the girls, but for Clint, we gave him a period of time. And uh, we'd always start counting. And he had to the count of three. And it was a lot of times on two. No, they did it. And just like Brother Bennett back there. All right. And so in ourselves, we are doomed, right? We're doomed. We're doomed. Jesus, as our Savior, gave us the opportunity to accept him, and our penalty for sin was taken away because he took our sins away. The Bible tells us, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits afterwards, they that are Christ at his coming. Jesus is coming again, and we have that hope at his coming that will be resurrected. Notice, if you would please, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up in heaven? This same Jesus, who is now in the cloud, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. If we were to back up a little ways, we could see that they were actually asking uh, about when Jesus would come back again. In verse number, uh, let me see, uh, verse number 6. When they therefore were come Together they ask of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which, are, uh, which the Father hath put in his own power. And then he says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So we need to recognize that the Bible has given us indication that there is going to be the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible even says in Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again. And when he comes at the rapture, uh, he will come in the clouds as he was taken up into the clouds. He will come and he will resurrect those that are dead in Christ, those that are still living will be also resurrected, but the ones in the grave will be resurrected first. They will not prevent them or go before those who are still living. So, the next resurrection, when will that happen? When will he return? That's the first point. When will that happen? When will he return? 
Well, after the resurrection, the, the disciples met with the Lord Jesus Christ, and we could see there in Acts chapter 1 that Jesus is there with his disciples, and he had given them instruction and information about how the Holy Spirit would empower them to live for Christ and to labor for Christ, to live and labor for the Lord Jesus Christ, to take the mission that he had been given by God the Father to take that mission, which would be their great commission to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. Now, they said, well, when are you going to set up your kingdom? And Jesus says, that's not for you to know. You take what I've just given you, the information and the instruction, and you go with that. You go with what I've given you. The Father has that calendar worked out. You don't need to know that calendar. God knows that calendar. So do what I've told you to do. Do what I'm telling you to do. And recognize that the Holy Spirit's going to help you do what I've told you to do. So now they were looking forward to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And they saw Jesus uh, taken up from them. And the angel said, hey, don't stand around here. Get busy with what Jesus has told you to do. You go ahead and read that uh, in uh, Acts chapter 1. Engage in what I've given you to do, and I will empower you to live for God and to go with the gospel. The disciples had just seen uh, the violent death of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a cruel, cruel, old rugged cross picture that was in their mind. The political and the religious forces were antagonistic towards anyone that would, that would be promoting what Jesus had promoted, and that was Christ's kingdom. Jesus had told them that they would uh, be hated uh, as he was hated in, in Luke chapter 21, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. And it was only going to get worse. Jesus had mentioned to his disciples in Matthew chapter 24, that great parenthetical chapter that talks about uh, the day they were living in and also the times of the tribulation or the times of the, of, uh, the, the, the seven-year tribulation period, three and a half years and three and a half years. During that time, Daniel's 70th week, uh, Jesus is mentioning at that time that people are just going to be getting colder and colder towards him. Actually, he says, um, iniquity shall abound. Persecution would follow the disciples. We know that. From history, we know that they would all be persecuted, and many of them would be martyred for the Lord. As we look at our day, we, could, we often say, how could things get any worse? Huh? But it, it, you look back at their day, and you could see, that they were terrible, right, Dan? They were terrible as their leaders were being picked off, thrown in prison, crucified, killed for the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. We as Americans look around at the moral decay that we're living in and we say, how can things get any worse? It can get worse. I'm not telling you it will get worse before he comes, but it can get worse. As you read uh, Matthew chapter 24, and you see the things that are happening during the time of tribulation. You say, well, some of those things are happening right now. But they're going to be even worse during that time of tribulation. It's no secret that the world is increasing in, 
and, and an insensitive way towards God and towards his word. And while we have freedom, many Christians in the world do not have the freedom that we have. Look at the poor Christians over in Ukraine or in Somalia or some of those places where they're being terribly persecuted for their faith and will be more persecuted for their faith. But Jesus is coming again. That's our hope. Jesus is coming again. Take your Bibles and turn back. And I know I've got you several places today, but go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible says in 4.13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. See, these who had died before had hope. See, they were anticipating the return of the Lord Jesus Christ in such a fashion that they were, they were surprised that Jesus hadn't returned before some of their friends had passed. And they're saying, what's going on here? I thought Jesus was coming again. Well, he is, but don't be concerned about those who have passed because they're going to even get a... a, a, a a first-class seating assignment here. They'll be able to go before we get to go. Uh, they'll get to heaven before we get up there to uh, meet the Lord in the clouds. The Bible says, and take your Bibles now and turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Are you staying with me, Kate, with your notes? Are you staying with me? Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52. In a moment, do you like that? In a moment. Emerson, I remember when you guys would sing that. I love that song. You need to sing that again. I love that song. In a moment. You look at that. A time. A period of time. In a moment. He says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. In the twinkling of an eye. Huh? How many know what a twinkling of an eye is? Come on. Many of you men should raise your hands right now because you looked in your wife's eyes and you should have been able to see in a twinkling of an eye. In the twinkling of an eye, huh? My wife has gone to the ladies' retreat, and uh, this morning she was in the house, and I've told you before, when my wife is in the house, it's like having three women in the house. She is all over the place. I can't believe it. I hear her footsteps all over. I'm thinking, who's in the house with, with us this morning? Clint and I, we move slow in the morning, don't we, buddy? Yeah, I move slow all the time now, but we move slow. Well... A twinkling of the eye. A twinkling of an eye. All right, everybody do it. No, you didn't do it fast enough. It's fast. And a twinkling of an eye. And a twinkling of an eye. At the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be. There it is, that word I like changed the promise of christ's return is imminent everyone say that word with me imminent it means ready to happen at any time see nothing has to occur in the prophetic timeline for jesus to come again in the next resurrection the lord didn't come back until uh, the the lord is going to come back to earth and on planet Earth at the revelation, but in the rapture, he's going to meet us in the clouds right now. 
Let's look at it right now. Let me let me see if we can do this. Right now, uh, we're living in the uh, age of grace. The cross was over here. Before that was the law. Now the cross, and now we're in this age of grace. And at any time, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ could come in the clouds, and that would usher in the tribulation period, which would be a seven-year period. That seven-year period, Jesus will come again, and he will touch down on earth, and that is called the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will come down, and that will be at the Battle of Armageddon in uh, Revelation chapter 19. It's interesting, in Revelation chapter 6 through 19, you don't see any mention of the church. Actually, from 4 on, you see the church uh, symbolized by the 4 and 20 elders, but you don't see any mention of it. That's because this is a time of Jacob's trouble in here, and it's divided in two, three-and-a-half-year periods. And then... After the battle of Armageddon, there'll be a a season of time. We're not sure how long, but then there'll be a thousand-year millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ, a thousand-year millennial reign, and then there'll be the great white throne judgment, of course, after the battle of Gog and Magog. And during this time, uh, Satan will be uh, conquered at the battle of Armageddon and cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years and then released for a season, and then the great white throne judgment the final battle of Gog and Magog, the great white throne judgment, and then the new heavens and the new earth. Now, as we look at that, recognize that timeline, uh, we realize the Apostle John had the, um, uh, the, the wonderful uh, message from the Holy Spirit to write, uh, Jesus said, surely I come quickly. He said that in Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 20. John ends Revelation 22 with those words, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. And Jesus said, surely I come quickly. I remember after my dad passed away, my mom would say often, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. She missed my dad. Even so come quickly, my Lord Jesus. Jesus is coming again. When? We're not sure. That's up to God. It's his timeline. We're not to know the times and the seasons. There's not a calendar for us to check off. But we need to be looking for the Lord's return, the Bible tells us, to look assiduously for the Lord's return. And the love is appearing. We can receive a crown of righteousness, the Bible tells us. Okay, in the second place, how will Jesus return? The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Take your Bibles and turn there again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. He's going to come, first of all, the Bible says, in the air, in the air, in the clouds. Uh, As we look back in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16, we see there Jesus does not come in the clouds, but he comes out of heaven with his army for the battle of Armageddon, and he puts his foot on earth, the Mount of Olives at that time. These verses declare the important events of the Old Testament prophets of Daniel and Ezekiel, 
and give us the description of the Savior coming down to earth out in, out in the clouds, but not, not in the clouds, but to uh, tread the winepress. Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 15. The rapture, he comes down in the clouds, and we see in 1 Thessalonians 4, we see the rapture and not the revelation. First, he comes in the air, the Bible tells us. Second, how does he come? He comes with a shout. Now, this is interesting. The silence of heaven is broken. Remember how it was silent for 400 years between Malachi and Matthew chapter 1? And then we have the Lord Jesus Christ giving us truth, and we have the New Testament. But since that time, we haven't heard from heaven. Now there'll be a shout after Jesus comes in the clouds, a shout in the clouds. Are you ready for that shout? Are you ready to hear the words of your Savior, Jesus Christ? Even though we don't know when, we do know what we will hear at that moment. A shout. I remember growing up, my sweet mother, little red-haired, five-foot mother of mine. By the way, continue to pray for Kathy's mom. Uh, Gloria, continue to pray for her as she is going through a difficult time right now after that surgery. But my, I remember my mom would go out the back door at 6294 East Maple Road, and she would shout, Douglas, come home, supper. Or she would shout, boys, come on in. My mom had a pretty good set of lungs. I mean, she could, she could really belt it out. Well, there was no second guessing what she wanted, and so we dropped everything we were doing, whether we were at bat or not, and ran in the house because behind my mother was my big dad who made sure that we were very obedient in growing up. That's so very important to have a force behind that wonderful little voice. But First Thessalonians chapter 4 states that there will be a shout, not just any shout, but the shout of the Lord. It's recorded three times in the Bible uh, that Jesus lifted his voice at the tomb of Lazarus. Uh, Lazarus, come forth. Some uh, commentator said if he had not put Lazarus' name there, everyone in those graves would have come forth that day. He had such power. And then secondly, he shouted at the cross and many bodies of saints which slept. Um, <clears throat> they came out of their graves, Matthew 22, 50, 52 through 53. And then we see the shout at this return in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Like a command. It's interesting that it will be accompanied with the voice of the archangel. Many believe the archangel would be Michael the archangel, as he's mentioned in Jude chapter 1, verse number 9, the only chapter in Jude. Uh, Daniel uh, said there are more than just one Daniel the prophet Daniel said there's more than just one archangel. But we recognize the voice of the archangel. Uh, it's not surprising that uh, the angels would have a part in this uh, because they had a part in the first advent. Remember when the angels went to the shepherds, when the angel went to uh, Joseph. And uh, so we see how in the air a shout, a voice of the archangel, 
and then a trump in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And again in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 52, we see the trump. The Old Testament prophets would use a trumpet to gather the congregation together for an important meeting. Or they would use a trumpet uh, to um, also uh, uh, bring the congregation together to recognize that there was something very important for the congregation to be involved in. Uh, and many times it could be a war. It was more than just preaching a message to them, but it could be war. And then the third reason they would use a trumpet is because uh, they would gather the people together for a journey. And as we see this trump, it's being used now to gather together those who have died in Christ and those who are living with Christ in their hearts to go up to meet Jesus in the air. It's a wonderful, wonderful truth. And many times we believe that that we're living in that day when Jesus could come again. I believe we are. We could recognize that uh, there's nothing that needs to happen before Jesus could return. But it's not the signs of the times we should be looking at. It's the sound of the trumpet we should be listening for. Events that are around us are events that surely show us that that coming is near. But it's all about in a moment, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. So when and how and what will happen? Well, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we see verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Take your Bibles and turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be, there it is again, changed. The mystery unfolds. We see it unfolding. The trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised. The Bible says incorruptible. We know that when we die as Christians, as we mentioned earlier, to be absent from the body, Joe, is to be present with the Lord. The logical question is, if Christians who have died are in heaven with the Savior, how can they be raised again out of their graves? Well, <clears throat> we know believers who have died are in Christ and uh, they're in heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And when he returns to rapture Christians, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, he will bring with him. Do you notice that? He will bring with him, the Bible says. Then it is obvious that they have originated or their original uh, destination was heaven because they had died and now they're coming with him to planet earth for the resurrection of their bodies. We don't read that he will be coming for them, but with them. Do you see that? And he's coming with, they're coming with him. And then they will, the saints that come with him, receive the glorified bodies. They'll be getting their new bodies, great new knees. They'll be changed in the, in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 44, he points out that the resurrection is the resurrection of their bodies. It's, uh, it's interesting. He uses the, the term first fruits. Let's look at verse 35 just for a second. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. What's he talking about there? Justin, what is he talking about? He's talking about a seed. He's talking about how seeds die. And when we put a seed into the ground, it looks a lot different than the flower that it produces. Huh? It's not reconstructing our old bodies. It's giving us a new body. It's giving us a brand new flower, so to speak. A brand new, for some of us, a bush. But some of us recognize the truth of the matter is, as we look at this, the resurrected body is the flower that comes from the seed. If you go on down, and I'm running out of time, but if you read all the way to verse 44, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Yeah. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? <clears throat> I read about Bob Shelton. Uh, just has a great book on prophetic timeline. And uh, his pastor growing up was a man by the name of Savage. Remember that name, Denny? Remember Savage? He was a, it was a, he was a, a pastor at a huge church uh, down the Pontiac area. Huge church down there. I wonder if he was even related to you because he uh, had a wonderful testimony. Great, great guy. Anyway, Pastor Savage, Dr. Savage, was laying on his deathbed. And Bob Shelton went to see him. I uh, drove 180 miles in hopes of hearing some little nugget that his former pastor would give him so he could put it in the funeral message because he was going to be doing the funeral message. And uh, so he arrived at the hospital. He went to the bed of that old preacher. The old preacher lifted his head up and said, I've got something very important to tell you. And Bob Shelton said, man, that's great. That's what I came for. He said, Bob, in a few days, you're going to have my funeral. The church will be filled with people, and there'll be tears and all those things that go with funerals. He says, but as you look at that, this body, I want you to remember, when it's in the casket, and you look at this body, it's just the shell. The nut's gone to heaven. <laughs> he said, I couldn't use that at the funeral. I think I would have. But he said, I couldn't use that at the funeral. But he said, it brought that truth home. It's just the shell. When will he return? How will he return? What will happen when he returns? What should we do until he returns? Hmm. Take heart. Comfort one another with these words. Look at verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 18. Look at it with me. The Bible says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. 
That's right. Comfort one another with these words. Think about those words and comfort one another. Look for someone today you can comfort with those words. It's a testimony. Live for him. 1 Timothy 6, 14, that thou keep this commandment without until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again. Be a testimony. Labor for him. Be salt and light. Tell others he's coming again. Get ready for his, come, for his coming. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Be witnesses for him. Be ready. Don't become weary. Be winsome. Be wise. Be a witness. Look for his appearing. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse number 8. And a crown of righteousness for those that love his appearing. Jesus is coming again. It's the next resurrection. The next. Do we believe Jesus came the first time as a babe in the manger? Lived the perfect life and was our sacrifice. Went to the cross Went to the grave, came forth out of the grave, gave us life. Then believe it, friend, there's going to be another resurrection. Oh, there'll be another one after that, too. It's the resurrection before the great white throne judgment. A sad resurrection. People who have never received Christ will be cast in a lake of fire forever. Are you ready? Jesus may come, what, what? In a moment, the next resurrection. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and the power of it. Help us, dear Lord, to take heed to your word, to take to heart the words of Christ, to take to heart the word of God. Help us, dear God, to recognize our need today to be a testimony for you, to live like you'd want us to live. Father, help us to labor the way you want us to labor in telling people about Jesus. Thank you, dear God, for your goodness and your grace. And Father, if there be someone here today that does not know Christ as their Savior, that today would be their day of salvation. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would meet with us today. Father, if we've not been living the way we ought to live, Father, you'd convict us of that. And that we would comply to your word and be ready for your, re your son's return, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 